1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: A massive day on Grant and Danny. You're listening to the fan. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian and Murad. They'll help protect your assets and update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit KMLawyers.com. Mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's KMLawyers.com. January eighth, 2024, we're taking you up to 6.30 this evening. You'll hear Josh Harris's press conference from earlier today at 6 o'clock in its entirety. If you have not heard it yet, spoke with the media for about 20 minutes today. Not only took questions, but actually answered most of the questions, which was pretty refreshing. And I thought that did a very nice job. It came off as uh, self-aware and, I would say, pretty much willing to admit that he doesn't have the answers, and that's why he's hiring Bob Myers coming over from the NBA and Rick Spielman, the longtime GM in football, to help him find his next head coach. Uh, Jay Gruden is on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. He, of course, is a former head coach here in the nation's capital. And unfortunately, like so many coaches who have given so much to this league, knows a thing or two about days like today.
3: On air and on the road, Jay Gritt is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford and Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters, and Ted Britt Chevrolet and Sterling, home to Ted Britt for life. <laughs> Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop at TedBritt.com. So, Jay,
2: why don't we start with, I guess, no surprise? Today, first thing in the morning, Ron Rivera met with ownership, Josh Harrison Company, and he was fired. Uh, anything about today or any of the developments stand out to you as, as being surprising?
0: No, not really. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Ron went through a lot, man. He's a good guy and a good football coach and, you know, had to deal with the ownership change, and he had some personal issues he had to deal with. Um, So it's a tough day for everybody. He's brought a staff along with them, and they're all counting on this job. And unfortunately, um, the players did not respond to this year's games. They just didn't play good enough, and offensively, defensively, special teams, none of it was good enough. And when that happens, you know, teams look for new coaches.
3: What was his biggest mistake, Jay, over the course of his years?
0: I think you can always point to the quarterback. You know, they had a chance to get Kua. They had a chance to get uh, Justin Herbert. Um, You know, just you gotta address the quarterback position number one when you're in the national football league and, and when you're trying to force feed a, a rookie, a second year player down everybody's throats and it's not not working out, you're not gonna win a lot of games and unfortunately Sam wasn't ready to take over the reins quite yet. Uh not to say he won't be in a couple of years, but just uh the quarterback situation wasn't good enough. And then defensively they just didn't play up to speed with the players that they had. When you look back at the drafts that they had and addressing free agency and They just don't have any, like, marquee superstar-type players that can get you over the hump when you need it.
2: How good are these jobs, you think, right now, the GM and the head coaching openings, compared to the other openings in the league?
0: Anytime you have a number two pick, it's a good job because there are some really good quarterbacks that are very exciting uh, prospects moving forward for your franchise. I mean, you look, obviously, at Caleb Williams. You look at Drake May. You look at uh, Jaden Daniels. Now you're looking at uh, Pennix Jr. I mean, he's looking pretty good. So you have four quality options there to lead your franchise moving forward. Matt will attract a number of head coaches. And there's a good team in place. Uh, There's a lot of positions they need to address. But when you have that number two overall pick, it's exciting for a lot of people.
3: What do you want if you're a head coach in a general manager? Like, we always think about it from the other way, from the top down. But as a coach, when you were looking up, you know, and someone that you ultimately, I guess, reported to, I know it's got to be collaborative. But what did you want in a GM, Jay?
0: I want a great communication. I want a guy that uh, trusted me and I could trust, and we work together. That's the only thing you can have. You can't have people pulling different directions and having their own agenda. That's impossible to work together. You can't have late-night findings that you find out on Twitter. you got to be on the same page and work together. And that's the most important thing. If you're the head coach and you want total control, then you better put the work in. If you don't want total control, you better have a GM that you can trust that knows exactly what you want to field the football team that you can coach.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot made about marrying a GM and a head coach together now in this search. Harris today made it pretty clear his preference is to hire the football exec first and have them have a heavy say in who the head coach is going to be. But he also suggested, like, based on who they may want as a coach, that they may have to be versatile with talent, that they have to you know, maybe hire the coach because they're afraid he may get away if they fall in love with someone. Uh, what's your thought on that?
0: Yeah, I'm mean, exactly right. I mean, some coaches are going to say, "Hey, if I, you know, they're going to have plenty of options. If they're going to go after the top tier coaches, the top names in the business, then they're probably going to have to give up control of the franchise. And that means personnel as well. So that coach better be the guy that they want, because when he has total control, um, he's going to get things his own way. And there's, that's it. Um, so yeah, it, it, otherwise they're going to get another guy and hire a GM that they like. There's two different ways to approach it. They, have to understand, I know Chris Spielman's been in the business a long time. He understands that. If you hire a coach who doesn't want total control, then you hire a GM. you got to make sure they can work together. And that's the most important thing, guys working together.
3: Jay, everybody's saying the right thing, obviously, at this point. Um, but several people have kind of pointed to the talent that's already there. I don't know how much talent is in this room. I know there are a couple guys that can play, but it's the NFL. Every, every team's going to have a couple of guys. But their talent level right now, is it good enough to compete at the highest level? I don't think it is
0: on either side of the ball right now. Um, offensive line, I don't think is Tight end-wise, not. Running back's okay. Quarterback issues, we know there is plenty. Um, wide receivers are okay. Obviously, Terry's a good player. It's hard to get him the ball. I think that's really the top guy that they have. Samuel's pretty good. But, you know, you don't really think of them as a the top receiving core in the National Football League. They're probably bottom third. They're probably bottom third, bottom bottom of the barrel on the offensive line play, bottom tier on the tight end play bottom linebacker play, bottom secondary-wise. So they have a lot of issues they have to address. They have decent players that can compete as backups and possible starters, but there's not a lot of superstar-type talent on this roster, in my opinion, and the guys that you pay have to perform at that level. Otherwise, you know, you'll be looking for a coach every two or three years.
2: Jay, I know you haven't studied film on these guys, but you watch every game and you watch it differently than us. Curious to get your thoughts on Ben Johnson as a play caller and a designer offensively in Detroit. If you've got any thoughts on Mike McDonald, who's the hotshot D coordinator with the Ravens that they're going to be interviewing and a guy, you know, very well, who was actually on your staff here in DC. Uh, Raheem Morris is one of the guys that they've already requested to interview. So if you wouldn't mind giving us some thoughts on, on some of those names.
0: Yeah, I know Raheem really well. I worked with him in Tampa Bay. Obviously he had an opportunity to be head coach after my brother in Tampa didn't fare too well, Uh, but he's done a great job at uh, the, the Rams this year with, not a whole lot of talent to have Aaron Donald, obviously, but he's really molded that defense, and they're playing well together, and they've got themselves ten wins this year and they're in the playoffs, so he's done a great job. He's a great communicator, very much like Mike Tomlin. He can uh, address the room. Players like him. Um, he can draw talent to the organization. He's a great communicator, like I said, good motivator. He'd have to bring in a quality offensive coordinator. He doesn't know much about offense, but he's a good defensive guy and a good good locker room guy, and uh, like I said, good with the media. Uh, ben Johnson obviously done a great job this year. He's got good talent. He's done world wonders with Jared Goff, who went to the Super Bowl. It's not like he was a stiff or anything like that. He's a good quarterback, and they have two excellent backs. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. And have a very solid receiving core and a top rookie tight end, so he's got the talent there. He's going to come here, and it's not going to be quite like that, uh, so it's going to be <laughs> interesting. And Mike McDonald obviously I think is – Done probably one of the better jobs with that defense. I thought Baltimore's defense would take a major step back with the talent they had, but that wasn't the case. I was dead wrong on that. They've done a great job there coaching those guys. They cover people down. They have great blitz packages. They play sound football. They do have two excellent linebackers that can really run, and Queen and Roquan Smith, and that helps a lot, uh, which they don't really have here, so it's going to be an issue as well. But uh, those are all three good quality candidates. But the issue is when you hire these guys, who they going to bring with them? You know, who's Raheem going to bring with him as offensive coordinator? Who's Ben Johnson going to bring as defensive coordinator? And who's Mike McDonald going to bring as offensive coordinator and GM and all that stuff? So you got to really study if you're Chris Spielman, not just the guy you're bringing in, but the people they're bringing with them, and that's equally as important as the individual.
2: Yeah, I wanted to address not only that part of it, which is you know how far along can you be as a coach and putting your staff together. But just to go back to Ben Johnson, I don't want to put words in your mouth, it sounds like you think maybe the the top five offense for Detroit the last couple of years, as much as anything else, has to do with their talent. I mean, are you impressed by his scheme, or do you think he gets a little too much shine? Like He is by far the number one sought-after guy, it seems like, really dating back to a year ago at this time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Their offense has, has done great. Uh, have they overachieved? Probably. So that's a good thing. He's done a good job. He puts his position players in great positions to succeed. So you got to like that. Uh, it's not his fault to have a first-round tackle, a uh, you know, first-round center, a uh, couple of really good offensive linemen, guards, another good tackle on the outside, a, a top rookie tight end, a veteran quarterback, two excellent backs and receivers that can go get it. I mean, it's not his fault. He's done a great job with the talent that he has. He has loads of it. But he's done a good job putting them in positions to succeed, and they're in the playoffs. They won a division for the first time in a long time, and they're in a great position right now to move forward.
3: Jay, do you feel like the deck is stacked against defensive guys? Because while well, you were you were talking, and, here, and here's what I mean: you're saying well, this guy, whatever coach might candidate might come, who's the guy? Are the, the guys going to be on his staff, right? So if a defensive minded guy, say Raheem Morris or Mike McDonald, they bring some some coaches. If that offense is any good, that OC is gone probably the next year, right? Is it harder now for a defensive coordinator to get promoted? Do you think it's stacked against DCs? Yeah, it hurts especially this is a
0: quarterback driven league and owners want to see offense and hiring a defensive coordinator saying, Hey, we're going to get loads of defensive talent. They don't want to hear that. They want a great quarterback. They want excitement. They want to sell tickets and offense sells tickets. Obviously defense win games. We hear that all the time, but you got to find a guy, especially if you're looking to draft a quarterback at number two, you want an offensive minded guy, in my opinion, uh, that can coach his quarterback and make sure they pick the right quarterback. That's the most important thing because there's going to be four, maybe five quarterbacks out there in this draft that you're going to have to choose from. You better pick the right one because this will make or break your franchise for the next five, ten years.
2: Jay Gruden on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. When you interviewed with Washington, was it just Dan and Bruce, or who else was involved in that process?
0: It was just Dan and Bruce. Yeah, that was it.
2: And it was the, So the three of you, was that at his house, or where did you interview
0: uh, it was at his house, I believe. Yes, it was a while ago. It was at his, was at his house. You know, I was. Uh, you know, we had a pretty good three-year year stint at Cincinnati. We won nine, 10, 11 games with Andy Dalton and did some good things. So I had a couple other options, and, and uh, they brought me to the house. And uh, basically, I signed there. And they offered me to deal there and made it work.
2: Pretty cool. Uh, I'm curious, like how long is the interview? Or maybe yours is unique because it sounds like maybe it was further along and, and they kind of knew. You were their guy, but give us an idea. A lot of us just, we hear this guy's going to interview, like what that process is actually like.
0: Well, it's a lot about, you know, who you are as a person, how you get along with people. They try to get you those questions. The most important thing, like I said, is the staff. Who's you who going to bring as your staff? You know what I mean? And I knew Jim Haslett here, so I decided to keep him for a year, um, try to get some players to help him out a little bit. And then uh, who I was going to hire as offensive coordinator. I told him I was going to, you know, move Sean McVeigh offensive coordinator and, and then, The other special team guys, I had to interview and do some things there. Uh, So, yeah, so I think that was the most important communication thing. We had to deal with that. And then personnel-wise, who's in control of personnel, who I'm dealing with and all that stuff. And I had to know for my sake moving forward who I'm going to be dealing with. So I asked them questions. They asked me questions, and and it all worked
3: out. So I haven't been to all 32 facilities, Jay, but just from people that have covered the league and have been around, Washington's – below grade in almost every area when it comes to the practice facility the stadium obviously we know is pretty decrepit and gross and in dire need of a new one uh the logistics of going back and forth between ashburn and then uh you know the landover etc is not ideal how much does that hurt just in general part of the process whether it's a tiebreaker with a coach a player a gm something like that how much is that something you have to overcome
0: i don't think that much really maybe if you're recruiting a player mm-hmm. and he's got similar offers from different teams it might hurt a little bit but for a coach, it's the Washington – it was, anyway, the Washington Redskins, and that mm-hmm. carried a lot of weight, in my opinion. That, that was – it's an exciting franchise, one of the best franchises in the National Football League, if not the best. And uh, that, that was what drew me to the team, is the name, the Washington Redskins, the team, what it's about, about history, Joe Gibbs, the toughness, all that, uh, was the exciting part. I didn't care where we practiced, where we played. I just want to be part of the team.
2: Do you expect Eric the enemy? based on this season to be a head coaching candidate what did you think of his first year running his own offense
0: well based on this year no but based on his past yes I mean he's been on some good organizations obviously working with Andy Reid for that amount of time and having a success there with that franchise he knows how to win games because he's part of that franchise so you can't discount that this year wasn't a good year for him obviously last month of the year was pretty dismal as far as their attack went, they couldn't really do anything, run the ball, throw the ball, was all over the place, scattered. They'd have a couple drives here and there, a couple cool plays once in a while. But uh, this year you got to try to mark it down as, okay, this, this is his first year with a young quarterback. But I, I'd give him some consideration. I think he's earned that with his history and where he's been.
3: Jay, I want to sneak in a couple around the league. The final weekend was, was riveting. It's awesome. I can't wait for the playoffs here next week. Just want to start in the AFC East. Would you make a Buffalo-Miami that way to, to end it?
0: Well, Buffalo plays great defense. I mean, they lost two of their best players on defense, and it's amazing how good they play. And uh, Coach McDermott, that's one thing he can do. He gets those guys ready to play on defense. That's going to be a great great game. Miami, uh, Buffalo, all those teams in it, they all have a chance to win it. That's what's great about the playoffs. Even Houston, the way C.J. Strauss playing, has a chance. Cleveland's their defense is great. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, you can't count them out. They're playing great defense. Obviously, Baltimore's the cream of the crop right now, but In one game on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, anything can happen. We know that. And I think all seven teams in the FC have a great chance.
2: What's your favorite game of the six this weekend? So you got Browns, Texans, Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, uh, Bills, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions, and Eagles, Bucks.
0: Oh, well, the favorite game will be the Rams and the Lions. I think there's so much story there. Uh, Jared Goff going against the Rams and Stafford going back to Detroit. Detroit had won a playoff game, uh, their first home playoff game, and I don't know how long. So that's going to be the most exciting storyline going there. Uh, that'll be a great game. I think Kansas City playing Miami will be a great game. There's going to be one of those teams that's going to be heartbroken because of the aspirations they had before the season and the excitement that they have uh, in their organizations uh, winning this year. Tua, uh, the beginning of the year, scoring 70 points. the excitement but they have the speed. Kansas City, Mahomes, I mean, one of those teams are going to be out, and that's uh, going to be miserable for one of them. But I still think Detroit and the Rams are going to be an exciting game to watch.
3: What do you make of Philadelphia's collapse?
0: It's a major collapse. Um, I've never seen anything quite like it. A team like that with that many players that are pretty good under roster. Uh, defensively, they're they're horrific right now, and offensively, they're struggling. Jalen's lost a little bit of his confidence. You've got to get a swag back somehow, and I think if anybody can do it, Jalen can do it. And they have A.J. Brown. They have, they have uh, some good players on offense. They've got to figure out a way to stay balanced and get that running game going a little bit. And defensively, they got they got to they be more disciplined. they got to stay in their lanes and do what they're supposed to do, but they can't stop anybody. They can't stop a nosebleed. They're struggling big time, so I, I'm worried about them moving forward. I don't think they have much of a chance. If you can't play defense this time of year, you don't have much of a chance, in my opinion.
2: Jay, who wins the national championship tonight, Michigan or Washington?
0: I, I'm interested to see how Washington can protect uh, Pennix. If they can protect against Michigan's pass rush, I think Washington can take it. I don't think Michigan's seen this type of arm talent before uh, in, in, in their season. This guy is a special thrower of the football. But if they can get after him, they have an NFL-style defense. They have a good blitz scheme. They can get after the quarterback, but if they can uh, get after Penix and get him on the ground, then Michigan will win. If not, Washington blows them away.
2: You think Harbaugh jumps to the NFL? I think
0: Harbaugh will seek the attention and seek the opportunities and look at the opportunities and figure out if it's the right move for him. He can do basically whatever he wants, and uh, I think he'll look at every option there is. But I think his number one goal, obviously, is to win a national championship. He's a Michigan guy. He's done a great job at Michigan, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed, but I would not be surprised with the portal and everything going on in college football if he got the hell out of there.
3: <laughs> Seek the attention is a great <laughs> phrase there, Chad. Love that. Dude, thank you, buddy. Always appreciate it.
0: All right, man. Thank you, guys.
3: See ya.
2: Jay Gruden every single Monday with us all football season long on Grant and Danny. We'll be catching up with him throughout the NFL playoffs.
3: On air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Britt Automotive Group, Tedbert, Ford, and Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters in Tedbert, Chevrolet, and Sterling, home to Britt for life, Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop at tedbritt.com.
2: The commanders have already requested permission to interview 10 candidates for their GM and head coaching openings.
3: Who are the most intriguing names? We'll get into that next right here on the fan. Energy. Um... Uh, You know,
4: it gets, uh, you know, energy is something that, you know, um, is contagious, you know, in a good way or a bad way, right? Um, Some people are energy vampires. Some people bring good energy. So if you have a reboot in that way, get the right coaching staff in here, get the right GMs and all that, people making the decisions, that gives great energy and can reboot
3: a, uh, a whole franchise.
2: Left tackle. Left tackle, Charles Leno. Welcome back, Grant and Danny. On the fan, part of our locker room session today, the media was in there interviewing players as they cleaned out their lockers, and it was shortly after we had all found out that Ron Rivera had been fired. Since, we now know that a search firm doesn't need to be hired because the search (laughs) firm is that of Bob Myers, the four-time executive Uh, NBA champion with the Golden State Warriors, two-time executive of the year, and longtime NFL GM Rick Spielman. Ben Stanig joins us now. He, of course, covers the commanders for The Athletic. He's out here in Ashburn where he has been on the scene all day long. Danny is back in our Half Street studios. So, Ben, why don't we just start with no surprise that they fired Ron Rivera, clearly. Did you see the Bob Myers development coming? You've been saying for months Josh Harris is out of the box was this one of the out of the box possible hires that you were considering?
4: My bingo card today did not include the idea that we'd be spending a lot of time with Bob Myers. I think of the questions asked to Josh Harris, I think of the first four, like two or three, had a Bob Myers uh, mention. And I'm, you know, again, if you would, when I went to Starbucks this morning and got coffee, and you said, "Hey, what do you think?" I'm like, "Sure, I know, I, I had no no idea, but yes." To the point. Somebody had mentioned to me the other day that they had heard there may be something like Harris using a search firm similar to the, the exact same one that the Wizards used when they hired the man down the hall, Tommy Shepard. And I was like, all right, I mean, these things always seem to be, be a bit of a waste. I have no idea if this group will be wise, but it is different. I mean, you're having different perspectives. It's not just going to be presumably the cookie cutter reasons why to do something. And to give it, bring in a Bob Myers in particular is clearly thinking outside the box.
3: What do you think ultimately this leads to? Because everyone right now is in a honeymoon phase, Ben, where they're saying the right things, they're thanking the previous guy, everything was so nice and he's a pro, thank you very much, uh, we want to do this, and they're using all the right buzzwords. Where does this go ultimately? Like at the end of this off season, like we look back at the road traveled from January 8th to then, what happened?
4: Well, I mean, it's sort of hard to to know exactly because – they're gonna. It seems like they're going to hire the front office lead first and then go to the coach. I could point to all the different candidates that we've discussed or, you know, I've written about the Adam Peters with the 49ers, Ian Cunningham with the Bears, um, Glenn Cook with the Browns was an was interview request. You know, is there a world where they get Ben Johnson, the OC, with the Lions, or is it more of a defensive coordinator? They put in an Aaron Glenn, a request for Aaron Glenn with the Lions. I need to know that before I can say where it's going. But ultimately, look, it's pretty simple. They've got they need a quarterback, right? Most likely, it's not likely to be Sam Howell. We'll see. They've got that number two pick. Uh, You know, they've got a ton of cap space and a ton of holes as well. I think it's ultimately though Harris wants somebody in there to who's a who's a thinker, who's competent, and can you know lead this situation. He wants not just that out of the box thinking, but he wants you know, uh, a, a, a needed mindset for this franchise. It's not just about fixing the roster. It's fixing, I don't know if this is her, there are energy, energy vampires or whatever Charles Leno said, but there's got to be something new happening here. And it isn't just to me about Rivera. I mean, this literally is to me day one of Harris and maybe more importantly, the end of Snyder. Because even though he sold the team, Ron Rivera was sort of the last lingering part of this. It is now completely open, so... I can't say what it's going to look like, but I can say the mindset is going to be extremely different, and I think that to me is what makes it exciting.
2: Are you surprised that Mayhew and Herney both are still here as we talk tonight?
4: No, um, the business of football is still going on. Like you know, like they'll we'll hear some announcement, I assume, in the next few days about players signed to futures contracts and. Um, You know, these guys obviously have been working. They could
2: find a way to do that without certainly one of those two. And I'd imagine the sun would still come up without both of them.
4: Sure. I mean, ultimately, the question is, who is making that call? Like, I don't know exactly whose contracts are up and who's under contract. Sure. Harris could make those calls, but I think he wants to have, just like he said, he wants this new front office person to help with the coaching search. Well, I think you would probably want both of those people to help with determining, okay, Is there a world you see Martin Mayhew or Eric Stokes or Marty Herney is valuable for what you're trying to accomplish, similar to the various coaches? I think I would want the football person making more of those calls. Harris has spent a lot of time thinking about what to do. I don't know that he's thought a ton about, hey, is Martin Mayhew a good fit under a new regime or are we keeping linebacker coach Steve Ross or whomever it might be, you know? So I think there's it's okay to wait and also some teams do keep a front office or scouting department intact until you get past the draft because they have done so much work and things so it wouldn't stun me if some of those guys actually stay through april whether or not they're here for the
3: season ben i had a group project my uh, sophomore year in college where the professor assigned four people at random three of the people were really smart and i was the fourth person they constantly referenced me when discussing things with the professor. and It was obvious they didn't want to be stuck with me. I'm reminded of that because that's how it seemed this rivera Bienname thing ultimately went, right? I mean, like, like Bienname rubbing people the wrong way, Rivera running them of the bus and back in training camp, then kind of again it rearing its ugly head. This is such a bizarre, strange thing where where guys are, like, biting their lip, you know, Charles uh, or, or Sam Cosme is about running the ball more. I guess that's all I'm going to say. Charles Leno had this weird sort of cliffhanger where he was the same every day talking about BNBA. That's all I'm going to say. The whole saga was bizarre and kind of emblematic to me of this, of Rivera kind of lack of leadership there. I love your thoughts on that.
4: Well, let's go back to the hiring in the first place, right? Okay, he fires Scott Turner at the end of the year. Okay, fine. We, we can understand why you would want to make a change. And he's get we hear the early names of candidates, and they were not the most inspiring, but the, some of them were just unknown, and who's to say but enemy's kind of lurking until the Chiefs are done um, with the, with the uh, playoffs, winning the Super Bowl, and then here comes enemy. And it became pretty obvious that that was going to be the way they go. And maybe we could say Andy Reid was influencing him. Well, who knows? He's done that before here with this organization. But ultimately, the, the thing that was really good about enemy from a perception standpoint, is you're getting the offensive coordinator. I'm air-quoting offensive coordinator because he was not the, the main play caller. What a what a boon for for a franchise that is kind of stuck. They weren't getting a, a significant quarterback. Um, you know they couldn't do a ton else in free agency because Dan Snyder kind of put a lock on the budget with a sale pending. Eric Bieniemy though, whoa, that is a name, and I do think ultimately it was one of a series of moves he made over four years. Where I'm not saying Eric Bieniemy can't be an OC. I'm saying that the reasons why he was the OC here were because. He needed, there's this constant need to shift the narrative, to change the game of what everybody's talking about. And look, I mean, Biennami clearly is one of those people that people are like, oh, wow, this guy's unbelievable, despite not being much evidence to that. And, um, you know, I think it, and then when he's, when he then gave Biennami all the power to, 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 you have the whole offense, you get to decide what we're doing for training camp. I think that was all part of the, the, the deal to show that B enemy is coming in here to help, and also as, as a way to woo enemy. So I don't think it was necessarily like a thought out plan. Like here's what I, here's where we are with this culture, this team, here's what we need. I think it was just a pretty radical shift and they just threw it on to the players and they were like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? I don't think it was like a thought out plan of what do I need? I need a play caller, but I also need somebody to lead this group. And you know, B enemy was a major personality shift from Scott Turner for better or for worse. Big, big, big one eighty. Um, and I clearly the guys didn't didn't register and I think ultimately it was a maybe it's not a failure to have signed the enemy but to the degree of like do whatever you want maybe that was the the, the bit too far
2: Ben Stanley covers the commanders for the athletic all right a couple of quick ones here before we let you go first would be give me what you perceive to be the percentage chance as of right now and a lot's gonna change but right now today they're at number two that they stay put and take a quarterback as opposed to trading back percentage chance that they make a pick and it's a QB. I just think,
4: look, there is a world where if you can get a haul somewhere equivalent to what the bears got last year, boy, you have to, for a team that has as many holes as they do, you kind of have to look at that long and hard. Of course, the bears had uh fields, Justin Fields. So that they didn't really have to go quarterback and they have the same situation this year. Um, but I don't know how you pass on a quarterback if you think Caleb Williams, Drake, May, you know, uh, the kid from LSU, whoever it is, is all that. I think it's going to be way too tempting um, for anybody. So, I don't know, 70% chance. I mean, I leave open the trade-down possibility. And we don't know who, who's making that call and what they think of any of these guys. But, you know, I, I just think it's really hard to pass on a
2: quarterback. All right, lastly, prediction. I want your GM head coach – Quarterback in week one prediction, Ben Standing.
4: Oh, boy. Um, GM right now, if I had to predict, uh, you know, front office lead, I'll go Adam Peters with the Niners. I mean, I you know, they, he was another one they put in a request for today. I don't want to say there's momentum like it's going to happen, but I don't, I don't think it's completely insane to think it would. He and Bob Myers have a relationship as well, so I think that's notable. Coach, uh, you know, it's easy to just do the if, – if it's going to be an Adam Peters, then who did he work with? Uh, you know, Bobby Slowick is. This would one be a way to end this 2013 coaching staff nonsense that gets repeated over and over again. They would finally have somebody from that staff. So well, you'd be taking
2: like their kid brother. They picked it's on. Not, it's not quite the same. Not <laughs> quite the same. <laughs> yeah.
4: But you know, he. I mean, to whatever degree he gets credit for what Houston has done this year with C.J. Stroud, notable. And then quarterback. Maybe this is my thinking. I I would I almost would never never start a rookie quarterback the first year if I don't have to. For all the obvious reasons, you're just throwing into the deep end. So I'll say Sam Howell, not because I think oh he's the starter, Whoa. but he's the bridge guy to I get mean, if you. If you
2: take Drake May at number two, he ain't going to watch Sam Howell in week one.
4: I, you know, it's, this is one of those things where you don't have to do anything except what you want to do. And to me, the, the number of times we see that the quarterback sits a year and then plays pretty well seems to eclipse the number of times I see the quarterback start right day one and then succeed. So... I would do my best to not have to play that guy as much as possible. Sam Howe would be here, or, or whatever. You sign, you bring back Jacoby Brissett, but just saying week one. I'm not saying the rookie would never play, but to me I would not go with the rookie week one.
2: Ben Standing of The Athletic. We'll react to that next on Grant and Danny. Top of the hour, you will hear Josh Harris's press conference from earlier today out here in Ashburn. You're listening to The Fan.
3: road for ron
2: rivera the beginning of a new chapter for the washington commanders welcome back live from ashburn grant paulson joined as always by my pal danny ruye on gnd he is in our half street studios danny we have not really talked about the fact that washington did indeed it's known now we've mentioned it in passing as to why this is such a good job but how about everything coming down the pike just the way it needed to for them to finish with the number 2 overall pick. I mean the chances by the way of them getting the number 2 overall pick 2 months ago were almost zero. And then as recently as I think it was 2 or 3 weeks ago we yep. looked at it, it was like 16% chance that they could get to number 2. Just an unbelievable turn of events where everything came up Washington Basically, if they needed 50 things to happen in the last four weeks, like 43 of them did. And here we are, number two overall. 100%. NFL draft almost on the clock.
3: And it couldn't be easy, right? Because, of course, New England in the in the snow in one of the grossest games ever. Also, yep. oddly entertaining, if that's even possible, to have a, a bad offensive game. But I like Blizzard. It's the conditions. only way a game like that yeah. can be entertaining, isn't it? I was in. Yeah. Obviously, I've never rooted so hard for the Patriots in my life. Um, and I never will again. You know, watching that, it's just, of course, it couldn't be easy. But, you know, New Orleans came through and, and a couple of the other teams as well uh, that had to happen. So once those dominoes fell, it was up to Washington and they lived up to it. They, they made sure that it was, I mean, it was competitive for about seven minutes. And then you looked up and they were down by three touchdowns. Uh it really was uncanny. It was emblematic of how this whole thing has gone. Really, the seas parted for them.
2: Ron Rivera issuing today a lengthy statement, the team putting out. Uh, a graphic with a bunch of pictures of him signing autographs for fans and uh, spending time with players on and off the field. Leader, stalwart, fighter. Thank you, Coach. I think they've done about as much as you can do to honor Ron Rivera on his way out the door for a guy who I'm not trying to to kick a man while he's down, but he was here for four years. They lost for four years. They did make the playoffs once, kind of accidentally at seven and nine. But I mean, the fact of the matter is. While he's a really good human being and he's well-respected in these halls, it's a business, and they lost a lot of football games. Credit to them, though, in a way that is the antithesis of the old operation here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought they were very uh, classy, dignified today and making it known they appreciate Rivera's efforts. Uh, this is a, a departure on, on terms where they still like the guy, but as Harris said, the football team just wasn't good enough. It yeah. wasn't any more complicated than that,
3: I mean, the perception is reality, right? Perception matters so much here, and here's what I mean. I think honestly, a little bit of this is is I don't want to say over the top. I'm not I'm not ripping anybody. I'm not criticizing this this group at all. But it's like, how, how much grace do you have to show somebody who was in charge of everything and lost so profoundly, and his teams weren't competitive, and everything was kind of bad? But I the,
2: think they know how yeah, beloved exactly. he is by like the national media, where Schefter's saying, "You better not fire this guy on his birthday." And you can't if you know Schefter is on as birthday, soon as Schefter. Yeah. Chef, the ink hadn't dried on his yeah. tweet yet where he said he'd been fired and he was tweeting about all the things that he had to overcome, right? I mean, he is very well-liked by the national media. And
3: that's it. It's it's there. There's an awareness there. So, again, there's countless examples, but think back to Snyder and, and Bruce Allen. Think about when they decided that McLoon was going to be the fall guy, right? So instead of a guy that's, that's well-respected, and by to our Richmond audience, I uh, always appreciate you guys checking us out. You know, McLuhan's so well respected league wide, but everyone's sort of aware of of the, the you know, whatever was going on in his personal life. And instead of showing grace and dignity like the, the Seahawks did or the 49ers did, et cetera. You know, as you said, the story gets planted about him and, you know, and, and off we go. This is the opposite of it. this is going bending over backwards to let everybody know that yes, we know he's a great person. We know he's he's an awesome dude. He was steadfast through a tumultuous time here, both you know in DC and in our country and yada yada yada. All that stuff is very important. Thank you so much for everything. So many games under five hundred, So bad. But there's no, you know, no need to acknowledge that his, his butt is gone. You know what I mean? Like the act is the most important thing, but the grace that they're showing is is, is really pretty incredible.
2: And the hunt for his two replacements, one is a GM, one is a head coach, is on. I'm going to run a thorough but rapid process, Josh Harris said today. I like that. Thorough but rapid. Same. He said, on the other hand, this is a really important decision. Ideally, you would have the head of the front office in place before you select the coach. Says they are not in full control of the time frame because they need to end up with the best people. And that may mean doing things slightly out of order or in a way you know that doesn't go exactly how they plan it. But I think what they'd prefer is to have their GM in place within the next calendar week and then have that person, Adam Peters, Ian Cunningham, whoever it is, help them to secure their head coach into next week perhaps. They can't interview at least three of the candidates they have reportedly asked permission to interview today until next Tuesday anyway at the earliest because they're coaching on playoff teams. Uh, Those candidates being Raheem Morris, Ben Johnson, and Aaron Glenn. I would put Mike uh, Mike McDonald of the Ravens on that list as well. Although I will say really quickly, there was one name that didn't make a lot of sense to me, and this guy's name comes up all the time. I'd imagine he just must be an awesome dude and everybody must love him. But Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for the Lions, that is not a particularly good defense. They've had their moments this year, but they're going to ultimately be the Achilles heel of that team. That's kind of been their weakness for the most part over the last couple seasons. He's constantly mentioned as a head coaching candidate. It's got to be based on like some leader of men qualities because it's not based on being ranked really high in a bunch of categories. No. That one has not made as much sense to me. But otherwise, you know, Raheem, Morris, who is here, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, even Anthony Weaver, you're the assistant head coach of one of the great teams in the league for a few years now in Baltimore. Those make a lot more sense to me.
3: No, it does, and and I mean, Glenn still has a little bit of that hard knock shine as well because he came off so likable. It was obvious that everybody loved playing for the dude. It was obvious that everybody liked him, even you know, screaming back and forth with Deuce Staley uh, over those times. You know, his offensive defensive uh, type guys. Everybody likes the guy, and that that became pretty obvious and. You're right. The results haven't been unbelievable. but That's that's maybe more leader of men versus X and o tactician.
2: Next on Grant and Danny, you will hear from Josh Harris. We've got the press conference that took place earlier this afternoon. If you missed any part of that, and many of you, I'm sure, who are just getting out of the office or driving home in your cars now, probably did. We've got it in its entirety for you. Next, right here on The Fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,